Good morning. You're listening to Real Life, Real People Radio on this Sunday morning. Oh, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for being here this Sunday morning, and we cannot wait to share what we have for you today. We've been talking about thankfulness and gratitude and praising God, and so I was so excited to bring in my next guest who is going to tell us her story her rescue story, how God has rescued her and is redeeming her and restoring her right now. And so there's a lot to be thankful for when God does that for us. So I can't wait to introduce her to you. But before we get started, I want to thank our sponsors. Thank you, Brent Gardner with Texas Living and Land. He has a real estate company and he just would love for you to Call him for your real estate needs, and thank you for sponsoring, Brent. And then also, Mount Pleasant Eye Care Center, we thank you for sponsoring. Dr. Brian Nichols, thank you so much. See Brian Nichols for your eye needs. So thank you so much for our individuals also who sponsor us. And of course, we want to thank our listeners. We couldn't do it without you, so thank you for listening. Before we get started, I want to invite you to sit back, relax, grab your favorite cup of coffee, grab hold of your Bibles, but most importantly, grab hold of Jesus, and He will bring the Bible to life for you. Let me lead us in a word of prayer, and we'll get started. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are our refuge and our strength and a very present help in trouble. We praise you, Lord, for who you are and what you have done in our lives. We praise you for people who have experienced you in their life and are still experiencing you and who love you with all their heart and know of your steadfast love. So we just pray today for all those listening that they would hear something from this interview that would encourage them and inspire them and give them hope for whatever they're going through right now. So we love you, Lord, and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We have a special guest today, and her name is Miranda Weeks. Hi, Miranda. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing great. It's so good to see you, and um, I thank you for being here. And I cannot wait for our listeners to hear about your story. But before you go into that, tell us, what have you seen in the recent, I guess, days of just you said that God is doing some great things in your life. You you came in here and said He's doing something in your life. Tell us what that is. Yeah. So, I I recently have been going through some battles with the enemy, and he tries to get in my head. It seems the more I build my life and have a constant God presence in my life, the more he tries to attack and destroy it. And I have reached out to my community of warriors that I have, and they encourage me to dig into the Word and to pray. And lately, I've felt 100% better just within a couple days of praying and digging into His Word and giving everything I have and laying it at His feet. That is so wonderful, because you're right, the enemy is real. There's an enemy out there who tries to attack us and and put lies into our head, into our mind, and we start Mm -hmm. sometimes believing those. But God is putting people in your life who can help you and pray with you. You call them warriors, and I love that. We all need prayer warriors in our life, don't we? And when we get together with those people, they they encourage us, we encourage them, and, and like you said, a community. 
And we're so glad that you live in this community. I met you recently because I like to drink coffee and you work at, <laughs> tell us where you work. The Lodi Dock in Mount Vernon. Yes, and great coffee, great coffee. And um, so that's how I originally met you. And when I met you, I was like, there's something special about, about her. And so let's just begin with your story. Okay. Why are you here in Mount Vernon? Oh, <laughs> it's a... It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful rescue story. Um, I actually did not know God until recently, and I grew up in a household where Jesus was not present. Um, my mother never talked about him, my brothers, my stepfather. We never spoke the word God, and I didn't know he was even real until recently. Um, my mother has struggled with her own troubles since I, I can remember. And it was very hard growing up, very abusive and unloved home. And growing up in that kind of environment as a little girl, you're not getting the nourishment that you need from a mother and the love that you need. And when you see violence in a home, it kind of builds you up as a little girl to think that it's normal and to think that it's supposed to be like that. Mom and her boyfriend are supposed to fight and hit each other. and yell and scream and you grow up thinking that's what love was and by the time I was 15 years old I left home I left behind a great school sports and I met a boy online and I became homeless immediately left everything behind and by the time I was 16 I was addicted to every kind of drug there was by the time I turned 17 I was forced into human trafficking for the very first time, not really knowing what was going on. Um, the cycle just that I grew up seeing continued on into my adult life. And being a vulnerable teenager, not having direction, I was led into that world. And the first time I was trafficked, I had no idea what was going on. I woke up in a new city, new place, and that cycle went on for about the past 10 years of my life, give or take. Miranda, let me ask you something. So you are talking about you know, your childhood and, and not feeling the love, not knowing Jesus, not mm -hmm. knowing what a you know, family that supports one another is like. And so you left because you want to get away from that. And, and you were afraid that you were stuck in that situation without love and you wanted to just leave. Yes. Um, so you did that, and then you said that you were you kind of fell into trafficking. Kind of before you go into the story, how did that happen? Right. Like, did you meet someone that lied to you? Of course, the enemy and his lies again. The king of lies, yes. Yes, like a boy, was it through someone that you met? You don't have to give details, but someone that you met that just tricked you into believing that you were loved because we're all searching for love yes. and obviously you were searching for love correct correct i think that that's the biggest that's the biggest thing that the enemy tries to destroy is our want for love and um communication and love from others mm -hmm. and the boyfriend i had at that time was by no means a good person grew up in a rough household and doing drugs living on the street he was abusive extremely abusive and I, he went to jail and I was on the streets by myself. And this woman was actually my very first trafficker. 
she I thought she took me under her wing I thought she was looking out for me and the next thing I know she's got me locked in a basement and I had I was 17 years old and I had no way of getting out and she took me to her family's house and the entire family was involved in it and that's what blew my mind originally Mm. and I guess at that time I was so hurt and so felt so unloved that I just did what people said out of fear and that's kind of how my mother was growing up being very abusive you did what she told you to do out of fear for getting hurt Mm -hmm. oh I can totally understand that and there's a lot of fear and and you just you you don't know what to do it's almost like you're frozen yes you just you just okay okay and it's not even like it's you really doing your survival mode kicks in yes and I'm so sorry that happened to you and that you were locked in a basement that's a fear of a lot of us is just that that feeling of being helpless mm-hmm. and I mean you you how long were you kept that way um for about a week until okay. um her boyfriend found out that I was underage because I look people ask me all the time how old I am they're mm-hmm. like are you in high school no I'm 27 yeah <laughs> so I, I looked really young even when I was young and they got in a fight and he let me go and I ran as fast as I could and I never looked back oh praise the lord Praise the Lord for your age. That's why you look so <laughs> My young. young face. Yes. So you were involved in the trafficking, or you were part of that forcefully for about a week, you said? The first time, yes, it was okay. about a week. Okay, okay. But I'm sure it seemed like an eternity. It I mean, did. I can't it did, imagine. not having any. I have two older brothers, and neither one of them have ever, when I've called them, reached out and mm-hmm. I always get the, it's, you made the mess, you clean it up. Mm, I'm so and sorry. so for that alone feeling, you just, you stop to care eventually over time of what mm-hmm. happens to you. Let me ask you this. I can, mm-hmm. I can see that. But when you were, you know, locked up in those hours when you're by yourself and you said you didn't know God, how did you get through? Because I wonder people that don't know God, yeah. don't have a relationship with Jesus. How do you get through those hard times? What did you do? You know, I... I cried a lot and I think there was something in me that wanted to fight and I I didn't have any fight in me but there was something in me that was like telling me it's gonna be okay it's gonna be okay and I just held on and honestly it's a miracle that I even got out of there Um, and so God was definitely in that moment and later on when I was about 18 I actually was alone in a park in the middle of a really bad neighborhood and I looked up at the sky and I remember seeing the stars and I remember looking up weeping and crying just saying if if there is a God will you please help me and at that moment the entire park like everybody left and it became empty and I I believe that was the first my first God encounter but after that I didn't give it a second thought but I was so scared and alone in that moment I was reaching out for and he met me there. Oh, wow. That is beautiful. I believe it. I believe that was God showing you his glory. Yeah. He's all around us. And you know, it's our choice to receive him. And at that moment, you knew. You knew there was a God. And you knew that he loved you. Mm-hmm. Because so many things could have happened to you that night. I mean, you're still homeless, right? You got kicked out of that one place. Yeah. And you're roaming the streets. About a year, is it, that you're kind of on your own? or It, it had been... Three years. Three years. That I've been homeless. And so you just went from place to place? From park to park, um, digging food out of trash cans, 
doing drugs. So, of course, you know, not taking care of myself mm-hmm. in an abusive relationship, yeah, for about three years. Well, you're beautiful right now. I mean, obviously, I mean, you've come through so much, but I can't even imagine that you went through that looking at you and your eyes just sparkle. You have that. That's God. That's that's his presence. Amen. He's given me that. He's made me more compassionate towards the world, even though all of the things that I've been through are unimaginable things. He's given me the heart for others and just the glory of him lives in me. And I truly believe that. And I feel like it's I'm to touch other people's lives. Yes, and you're doing that right now by sharing <laughs> your story. So let's get back to the story. Okay, okay, so you had that moment with God, and that was like your moment. And then you said you kind of got on with your life again. So, so mm-hmm. start with there. You're 18. Yep. Did you get trafficked again? Yes. Because living in that world is dangerous. And it just is. being... You don't have control, and you said fear was still a part of your life. So mm-hmm. tell us what happened then. Um, well, that when I was 18, it I wound up roaming the streets for a while, and I became friends with somebody who was an addict, and she kind of took me under her wing. And then I was trying to go to school. I enrolled myself in school at 18. They're like, you're almost out like over the way over the age and I was like can I please just I need to go to school I need to get my diploma I need to finish high school it always been my dream to go to college and have a career and slowly over time that got broken down and I actually became a heroin addict at 18 Mm -hmm. and I dropped out of school wound up in jail and I was in jail for three months that time Mm -hmm. and when I got out of jail I went to a friend's house and drama there with a whole bunch of addicts living under a roof i left and i wound up being trafficked again by a man and his brother and they all together had about 12 brothers and each one of them had about three or four girls that they trafficked Mm -hmm. is this um something that you you went and you got connected with them because you needed money you needed safety you need a place to stay it was actually just talking on the street and smoking a cigarette together it and was then, as simple as that. It it wasn't anything that I had said, like, hey, I need to do this, because that thought was never, it's never been in my mind. I've always been the kind that, since I was little, want to get married, have kids, and have a white picket fence, you know? Right, right. <laughs> that that Dream. And I never in a million years, like, that thought never came in my head, and we were smoking a cigarette, and we started drinking they had some alcohol and then i don't know how long it took but i woke up on a bus going about two hours from sacramento that's where Mm -hmm. i was trafficked the first time and wound up in an apartment with all these men around me no idea where i was just wow what a nightmare it was it was gosh looking back do you see that some you know some of this there were choices that you made because because you you said you didn't know the Lord and you think yes. you were scared. Yes. It wasn't your fault that this happened, but you were kind of you were making these choices because you just like we said you were just looking for love. You were looking for friends. You were mm-hmm. looking for companions. That's what I see. I think it it was very much so that it was looking for companions and 
being a girl alone in the streets, none of the girls are going to want to talk to you because and women who don't know the Lord are very um, protective over what's theirs and right. very much not wanting to help any other girls in the street. Right. And so a lot of times they're pitted against each other by the enemy and the enemy just takes that and runs with it. And so the only companions that would come up to, to me were men. And me still at that time, I had this innocence in my head of nobody would ever like kidnap me and hurt me. Like that's not really gonna happen. Right, right. That of dumbfounded like, you know, innocence believing that would never happen and then when it does happen, you just yeah. accept it, I think. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah, I can see that. I can see just saying I I want to have some friends and talk to some people. We get lonely. We're made mm-hmm. to be around people and have a community of friends. And and it sounds like that's what you were trying to do and just with the wrong people. Just the wrong people. <laughs> but I know that you, you obviously see good in people. I can I can tell that. And so you were probably thinking, like you said, that okay, that these people are my friends and they turned out to not be yeah. have your best interests. Okay, so you're in that area and you you said you're those um, you know, in trafficking again, and so did you get released from that? Obviously, rescued is that your big rescue story? Then that's no. Oh, why? <laughs> I can't. It's it's funny because God slowly rescued me from each situation. I would find myself in a bad spot, and it's like He would slowly guide me away, and then I would take a detour, and then He would slowly guide me away, and I would take a detour, searching for. I like to call it searching for a godly love in the flesh. Right, I get and it's that. something that you will never find in a person. Like you're not going to find the love that God has for you in the flesh, because we can't love like God. We can try to be like God, but I think when you're looking for love so bad, you it takes you on this journey away from the Lord if you don't know Him, mm-hmm. and you fall deeper and deeper. And I think it was until I was 21 when I got out of that situation, and I met another man and we got we were friends we were just strictly friends and i was friends with his cousin who was a girl and we got into a relationship and it ended up being extremely abusive and so for a couple years that's how my life was it was relationship they were abusive get out of it seek refuge in a friend because none of my family none of us were on speaking terms nobody would talk to me my mother my stepdad nobody And so it was really just me out there, and I was figuring out the world for my own, not having any direction. And it wasn't until I was 25 years old that I finally got out of where I was. I was actually in an apartment, and I had my own apartment, and things were going okay, and I had a boyfriend, and he was abusive, and... When he went to jail, I he got me hooked on heroin right before he left. And it, again, and it was extremely, extremely bad. Um, the worst that I, addiction I've ever had, the worst timing of my life was mm. those couple months that um, before he went to jail. And when he went to jail, his dealer that lived right across the complex from us, he had a girl, which I honestly thought that they were just for like boyfriend, girlfriend kind of thing because that's what they seemed like, but she was being trafficked by him. And what are the signs? You know, it's, you I feel like them? different parts of, of places where you are, mm-hmm. like I was trafficked in California mm-hmm. and 
there are parts in California where you can drive down the street and all you see is girls walking in heels and wearing hardly anything. Mm -hmm. And their traffickers would be parked and you would just see it going on. So I, I saw that going on for about 10 years of my life. And so that was normal to me. Like it was, the trafficking slowly became normal. The more girls I found out that did it when I was in it, I was like, okay, this is, I guess this is like how life is. Like this is normal if you can't go to college or school, which I already messed that up. Mm -hmm. And I kind of put the pity on myself. And it turned into us hanging out as like friends to we were in the car and he didn't really talk to me and I didn't really like we never really spoke to each other I talked to his girlfriend and she was like come on get out and he's like all right don't come back until you all make me some money Mm -hmm. and I was like oh my gosh are you serious and I was like Mm -hmm. well Miranda you did it again like you found yourself in this again Mm -hmm. what are you gonna do and he was a very big man and tattoos and a gang and you know when you're on drugs you don't nothing's clear nothing in your mind comes out you don't think straight and it just continued like that we worked the street is what Mm -hmm. we used to call it and that went on for a couple months until he struck me in the face for the first time and my face was so swollen you could hardly see anything on my like no skin on my face it was all Mm -hmm. black and blue i'm so sorry and I went into a Target. I convinced him to pull over into a Target the next day. And Target of all places is where I actually got saved. Really? Yes. That's where God rescued you at the Target. Now, this is the part of the story that I've been waiting to get to. So tell us. So this is my final rescue story. And it was when I honestly was about to give up all hope. It was a time for me where I stopped feeling and if you know me i'm a very compassionate feely person i cry at everything uh-huh. and say all at everything and at that time i had lost all feeling of and wanting of finding love and it was a very dark time for me and when he struck me i actually got very scared and it was in a weird way it was like that's what knocked sense back into me like all right time to wake up like this isn't the way to live you don't want to die you don't want to die in a ditch somewhere you need to do something so I went into the target and I went to the bathroom and I looked around when I got in there and I was like nobody in here is going to help me it was a very bad neighborhood and they see a girl like me looking like me they're not no one's going to want anything to do with me and so I went to the bathroom washed my face trying to get the courage and I looked myself in the mirror and I was like forget it just Mm -hmm. suck it up you'll find another time another place if it's meant to be it'll happen as soon as i'm drying my hands this lady walks over to me and she i see her looking at me and i'm like oh gosh and she comes over and she touches my elbow and she just says three words and she said are you okay and those three words are what just broke me down and i fell to the ground crying and i couldn't get anything out else out after that she asked if she could call the police and i just nodded my head yes she called the police she hid me in the stall she stood against the stall door so nobody could come in there and i sat there and i just looked at this woman on the phone with the police and usually in those neighborhoods police aren't going to come a lot of times i've had that happen a lot they just don't come or they come and they're like all right y'all just you know go do your thing and they just usually don't help and so i was really discouraged about it well they came within about two minutes and this lady walks in this officer 
and she walks over to me she gets on my level on her knees and she just helps me up off the ground Mm. and when I walked out there was about six policemen and they all stood there and they surrounded me like a shield and they walked me into the office of Target and they just she just sat with me and talked with me and in that moment she asked me she said is there anybody we can call for you and then it hit me like an elephant sitting on me I had absolutely nobody in the world to call there was nobody I didn't have a single person to call and I gave them this name of this other girl who I used to work with who was also an addict and I was like this is the only person I can think of like that maybe I could crash at her house for a couple of days well I wasn't expecting God to rescue me the way he did and to glorify my life the way he did because from then on it was like upgrade after upgrade I was in her house and uh, for about 36 hours I laid on her air mattress and I detoxed from heroin by myself and not a single thought in me God took away all the bad thoughts and not a single thought in me wanted to go back to it or to just go get high again I wanted to live and I wanted to have a life and I was I was so heartbroken over what I have done what my life had become that I wanted, it gave me the strength to fight for a new one. And she took me to the hospital and I waited in that waiting room for about nine or 10 more hours. And they finally got a social worker to me and they found a safe house for me to go to in California. Wow. And I went there that night, not knowing where I was going or who was gonna be there. And I just trusted that like, it's a Christian um, safe house, like Christian based. And I was like, okay, just take me there. Like, I just, I need, I need somewhere safe to go. And from then on, I started to know God and learn about yes. God. In the safe house? Yes. Miranda, that story is so amazing. Like, I, I, I'm just speechless at how this <laughs> happens. But I, one thing I do know is our God shows up, yes. and He rescues us. And at your deepest, darkest moment, it's almost like a light went off. Like, okay, I want to live. I, I want God in my life, mm-hmm. and look what He did. I mean, it's almost like He was waiting for you to open that door. I definitely and, believe that. And Target, I believe, at that moment, whatever it is, maybe looking in the mirror and saying, I don't want to live like this anymore. I want to live. And do you feel like maybe you almost like surrendered to God at that moment and repented and said yes? And in, in those moments leading to getting to the safe house. And then you learn more about him and what he can do. But you saw him working in yeah. each moment, each step of the way. I did. And here you are today. And you're, set, you're restored. You're redeemed. You said you're a child of God. You study his word. You pray. You believe in God. And you know that he rescued you that day. Your story reminds me a little bit of this Psalm 30 about joy coming in the morning. And there's one particular part. Weeping may tarry for the night, but joy comes with the morning. And you had spent a lot of time, as you said, weeping and crying out. And the psalm goes on to you, O Lord, I cry. To the Lord, I plead for mercy. And then in glory, I sing your praises, and I will not be silent. O my God, I will give thanks to you forever. And I can hear you singing that just singing glories and praises to your Lord who saved you, who rescued you that day, and who's continuing to restore you and make you who you are today. I definitely believe that completely. He's rebuilt who I am as a person. He brought me all the way from California to Texas, and I is the best 
thing that's ever happened in my entire life. I've learned that women can have real relationships and now all of I have friends and all my friends are women and God has completely restored every part of me that was broken as a child and I've learned to love and I've learned what love is. Amen. Wow. And so God did it all. He God did. did it all for you and and like you said you've re- you learned you know what love is because God loved you first. Exactly. God loves you and and he gives you that love so that you can love others. Do you have a relationship with your family at it's, this moment? It's um it's pieces of it, Good. but I believe that my little brother, um, he asked me questions about God, and we have conversations, and I believe that he, he will even he'll come when he's ready. He will, he will, and you've been such a positive influence and example of what God has done in your life. I mean, I just this testimony is huge. Thank you for sharing your story, and I know you've done it. You said twelve times. This is number twelve. <laughs> so there's so many people that are hearing this story and empowered by it. And you are. What are your plans? I want to know. What do you? What are your plans? Are you going to college? I am. I'm oh, you actually, are. Yeah. Um, in my third semester of community college, something I never thought would happen. Oh, wow. And I'm on my way to be a social worker for substance abuse counseling, and I also want to pair that with um, like equine therapy and animal mm-hmm. therapy. You will be excellent. <laughs> all of that. Look, that you are going to be able to use your experiences to help mm-hmm. other people and recognize. Recognize the science. And tell people about God and and His love and that they are loved. Because the enemy wants us to believe we are not loved and we're not worthy. Mm -hmm. And we're, you know, it's our fault. Exactly. And it's not. No, no, no. And God wants us to believe that He loves us and He gave His Son, Jesus Christ, for us Mm -hmm. so that we can have eternal life and be free and have this joy, joy in the morning. (laughs) So I know you and you wake up every morning with joy. Every time I see you when I go get coffee, you have that big <laughs> smile, and I do. You just your smile and your laugh and your joy is contagious. And have you had any thought to want to go back to to what you were doing before? Never, 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 never going God back. God has completely taken the the life can, that He gives you once you let Him is unimaginably beautiful. And there's going to be trials and tribulations in life. I know that. There's going to be emotional times. There's going to be times when it gets hard. But having the community of people around you who love you and reaching out to them when you are feeling emotional, depressed, or anxiety, you reach out and God does provide. Mm -hmm. He sure does. He sure does. And so thank you for sharing your story. I know it it was hard to go back and relive some of those moments. But our prayer is that those people will find God. Everyone needs Jesus. Everyone. Everybody. Would you close us in prayer? I'd love to. Awesome, Father. We just, we thank you for this day that you've given us, God, for the lives that you've given us, Lord, for the unconditional love that you have shown us, Lord, for giving your only son, sacrificing him so that we may be forgiven for our sins, Lord. You give us the righteousness and the authority to live under you, Lord, and we thank you and we love you with all our hearts, Lord. And for those that do not know you, Lord, our prayer is that they find you, God, when it is their time that they find you and they come to you, Lord, and they can see how beautiful and amazing life can be with you, Lord. Thank you for loving us always. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to Real Life, Real People Radio. If you would like to hear more episodes, simply search Real Life, Real People Radio on Apple, Google, 
and Podbean Podcasts. And remember, every day will be a good day when you get real with God. Real Life, Real People Radio, copyrighted 2022. All rights reserved. Thank you.